Hello and welcome to Chatterkey Podcast, where we break down and review a movie, and you know, try to have some fun while we're doing it. I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. We're joined by the cryo guy. <laughs> the cryo oh, wow. guy. <laughs> yes. Everybody chill. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> how how long have you been holding that in? <laughs> oh, I do love me some good Captain Cold. <laughs> Um, I think uh, the, the intestine will destroy James now because that was Mr. Freeze, not Captain Cold. Same difference. Captain <laughs> Cold, fucking snap. There's going to be a lynch from after James now for that mistake. He's going to be literally at the scene <laughs> at the Simpsons. He's literally mean... at that one scene at the Simpsons movie. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> hey, these guys don't know where we live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hello. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> And like the guy in the uh, the guy with the uh, got the flowers. It's, that's Alex going. I support you. And then be like, oh, here you go. Just light it on fire for him. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, today we're discussing Suicide Squad Extended Cut, released on Blu-ray in 2016. And yeah, it's the extended 12-minute version of this theatrical version that came out the same year. Um, it serves as the first time villains have been the center stage of a DC movie since the dreadful Catwoman movie, I believe. I don't think there was any after oh, that. God. I wonder why. <laughs> yep. Um, the movie was directed by David Ayer, who becomes the first director to not be Zack Snyder's Helmer DC Extended Universe, whatever you want to fucking call it, movie. And mm-hmm. you can tell instantly. <laughs> it's a different style completely. Um, before this, he brought us the movie's End of Watch, which stars our favourite Michael Penner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabotage, which starred uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the brilliant Brad Pitt war movie, Fury, which I was lucky enough to see the tanks up using that at a war museum. Yeah. Um, the year following this uh, release, he reteamed with Will Smith for the Netflix film Bright. You know, the one with the orcs and whatnot. Oh, uh, yeah. What? Yeah, it's a Netflix film. It's like about fancy, like orcs, elves, fairies. Ooh, cool. I think you'd very much enjoy it, James. Probably would, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to show you one day. Um, it's like fantasy, but in modern setting. Yeah, it's, and essentially, it's kind of using orcs as like the race, as in, mm-hmm. yeah, on my drift. Yep. No. I, I, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. James, yep. mind. Yeah, I get it. We can move on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, some uh, early thoughts and uh, guys and girl. I don't know. Say guys is only James. Guy and girl. <laughs> there are many of you. We've got many of you in cryo right now. So when one fails, you know, uh, we uh, yeah. we bring one other one out. You know the yeah. clone system. Um, so obviously this movie when it mm-hmm. first came out got quite a bad rep- like reception, yeah, mixed that. to negative at times. But in my opinion, I don't think it's actually that bad. I think it's quite fun. It's obviously yeah. the tonal shift from the previous movies. It's drastic because obviously, though it keeps the dark overtone, it does have a lot more fun with what it's going with, which I respect them for doing that. Yeah, I agree, definitely. It has its problems, but there are some like really good moments of it. Like, especially the character, like, obviously, Margot Robbie is amazing in it, and even Will Smith is pretty good at it as well. There are some fun entertainment parts, there are some really like clear inconsistencies 
But if you just like ignore those, I mean mallet to hammer. <laughs> I mean bat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, yeah. I thought I'd bring that up since that was an entire discussion while watching the movie. Wait, when did the bat become a hammer? <laughs> uh, there are some like, there are some problems, but if you plan save though, yeah, if you sort of just, if you right. sort of sit back and sort of enjoy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I agree. There are many problems with this movie, which oh, yeah. obviously for the fact that they reshot everything pretty much, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I would like to see the dark version. Um, but yeah, if you look past the issues and you look at how fun it can be, it's a good mm-hmm. time, very good yeah. time. I mean, in Aquaman, they had that one. Bit, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a prior podcast. Where they had that one bit where a bit of like an entire chunk of a building fell on top of a person, and then mm. the rubble got moved, and the person was literally just picked up and ran off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't usually notice these little things like mallet to bat, but when when I notice something <laughs> in the film, you know, you know, you mess up. And Aquaman, my point is, was still a good movie. So yeah, I can agree that though a mallet somehow <laughs> magically transforms into a bat, you can still get enjoyment out of the film. <laughs> See, uh, we we all this is the only one in terms of DC that we all watched as a group, wasn't it? I think we, um, we all went yeah. to watch this. Did we take your sister yes, with us? We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, because it was like uh, I think this came out when we was in college, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it went when it was like. Uh, Summer holiday, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. remember, like, she just turned um, fifteen, I think it was. Yeah, and she wanted to go and watch it. And obviously, we were all going to go watch it anyway for the fact that we loved the trailer. The trailer was really good, and we was like, okay, let's, you know, let's go watch this movie. And obviously, we took her with us, and I, 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 I think we had a good time. I think we had a good time that day. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, sitting in the dark. Mm. Yeah, the best thing to do. <laughs> I think uh, when I first watched like Suicide Squad, I was like kind of blinded by Margot Robbie. It was like, it was the best film ever. But then obviously, after time, it like, it sort of, when you take more looks at it and more focus, you see the problems, but then it's still as fun as I remembered. Yeah, and obviously this version, as you point out, I'm watching it, because obviously it's the extended version. It Mm -hmm. does fill in some plot holes. Obviously, it adds some like random moments, like the killer crop barfing scene. But, um, which... It's sort of a throwback to the fact that he ate not long ago. He ate mm-hmm. a fucking giant fucking whatever it fucking was. The sheep. Goat. goat. That, yeah, I think it was a goat. Mm. Which is also added into it, I believe. That was part of the extended cut. But, I mean, it obviously then added the bit later on with Waller when it showed her basically before she got you know, mind controlled and whatnot. Which she yeah. went, oh, that explains it. So obviously this does, just like BVS, obviously does few, fill a few like plot holes within the movie. But obviously mm-hmm. add some random ass scenes like you know, I did with last time with uh, just seeing Ben Affleck's ass for no other reason. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taste, tasteful ass shots are tasteful ass shots. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I don't like it when anime, TV, I don't like it when they do that. You'd think I'd be all about that, but I really hate it when they just go, here's the person's butt, enjoy it. <laughs> However, if it's a top thing, James loves it. <laughs> <laughs> No, even sometimes I take. I, I I don't like it when they just zoom in on a woman's chest. It's just like, yes, hello, chest. How about, are you today? What about Henry Henry Cavill's chest? Um, you're 
you have to remember, I don't remember names. Who's Henry Cavill? Superman. Witcher. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> His mind's that, going. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I've just seen him with the mustache. Does it come with the mustache as well? If you ask nicely. If you don't want it, we'll just see it. <laughs> Maybe I can get behind that. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe. <laughs> okay, then. Some decent early thoughts. Uh, so we'll move on to the opening sequence. Which is obviously when we meet the team in their post-Superman world, because they instantly point out Superman's dead straight off the bat, which is hilarious for James going, wait, Superman's dead? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of forgot about the whole... Because when when you were watching Batman vs. Superman, I was there, but I was, wasn't was really paying attention. I forgot what I was doing at the time. I was um... sleeping and I remembered that <laughs> bit. <laughs> oh yeah, you were really sleepy that day. I remember that. I still don't remember what, how, what I was doing. Um, and you were all like, oh, yeah, like he, he's dead. It's definitely not in a farmhouse somewhere. And I was like, oh, so he didn't die? But then going back to Suicide Squad and everyone's like, Superman's dead. I got really confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dead until, you know, just a league. But, um, yeah, which he clarified for me. Yes. Uh, obviously... Uh- this whole sequence is mainly Waller pointing out all the basically the characters within the movie, and they do it in a very stylish way. So obviously you, do, like you do get to see them like before she introduces them. You get to see like quick shots of like Deadshot in his cell looking at the window, uh, Harley just swinging around, mm-hmm. uh, Killer Croc just chilling, El Diablo mm-hmm. sitting in his little tat. Basically, you get to see like little glimpses of the characters, except Slate not. We won't get to that yet. Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> And obviously, then that builds into Waller giving like a, a speech mm-hmm. to like the military guys as she's eating and she's showing off the characters and she's like, oh, here's uh, Floyd Lawton, Deadshot, and it comes on the screen with like Deadshot with all the bullets and everything flying around him in an artsy way with all the name popping at the screen, which was really nice. Mm. And then obviously, yeah. show is the sequence of him assassinating someone. And then one by one, it goes through other characters like. Uh, Harley straight away. It's like, oh, the Joker's girlfriend, as they keep referring to her. Yeah. And then it shows. I'm remembering this correctly. Doesn't it come up with like the like criminal record kind yeah. of? Yeah. Like stats yeah, for him. And like a little bit of information about him. Obviously, it shows her doing that one sequence of her Joker when. He... I don't know, it, show... it builds up, doesn't it? Because it shows at first her as a doctor. Yeah. As Harley. Actual... Yeah, as Harley. And before, obviously, Joker, you know, Zabby Zappy. And then she's him. <laughs> and I believe it cuts into that uh, common when he turns up and he's talking to him, isn't it? And he gets killed by Joker. Yes. That, I believe that's cut into that bit, if I remember correctly. It's when at the club. Yeah. And obviously. And it shows him at the club and says, like, Joker might be bad, but she's even more dangerous. Yeah. Because she's more crazy. Exactly. And they're shooting Batman because they're being chased by Batman. And then I say, I can't swim. Slash. Yeah, that's that's what I like with these as well because each one shows like, them getting captured. So obviously, I say, yeah, Harley gets shown when she's getting chased by Batman in the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and obviously he has to give her mouth to mouth, and she uh, you know, fakes she, she fakes it's being uh, she, she fakes being unconscious just to get a big smooch out of him. Uh, obviously, dead shot, he fights Batman, and has to get stopped mm-hmm. by a Human Shield. Um, and obviously, then, yeah, and obviously, then we cut into all the characters, so we get to see Killer Croc, which points out he's a cannibal. Mm-hmm. But it's not obviously shown him fighting Batman. It's just pointed out the fact that Batman 
pushed him out of town. Which is a shame. I would like to have seen the fight between him and Batman. That led mm. to him leaving. But obviously we get to see the guards that take him down, you know, taser him and whatnot. Mm. And then uh, obviously we have Captain Boomerang showing him... Gets caught by the Flash. Yeah, he gets caught by the Flash. Mm. Which is a nice little cameo there. Mm. Um, we get to see Enchantress. And she's, okay. uh, you know, getting turned and whatnot. And then, you know, we don't get to see Slipknot, but, you know, we get to that in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's coming. He's coming. To be we fair, promise. this scene is kind of unnecessary because we kind of... It's more of, like, them telling instead of showing. But it's still quite fun to have. Yeah, it's a, not, it's a bit different to, yeah. like, sort of character introduction. Which they yeah. then obviously sort of replicated when they did Birds of Prey. Sort of replicated this type, kind of like obviously not like all together like they did here, like bit by bit, sort of when each character appears. Oh. Obviously, they also in this sequence they do show El Diablo. I forgot to mention that one. Oh, yeah, and it shows him okay. getting it. And they're like, Oh, how's he who brought him in? Because he's the only one that didn't actually get captured by cops or anything. He just handed himself in after obviously mm-hmm. a certain incident we'll get to later. Boom, boom, yeah, and. I do like it because obviously then it leads into I'm like, okay, how are you going to control basically uh, an assassin, gangbangers, a crocodile, and well, the one guy's like, oh, don't forget Joker's girlfriend. He's like, yeah, her yeah. too. Basically going for all these, like, how are you going to like control these? And like, oh, Rick Flag, here you go. And it obviously shows him and then getting close with Enchantress. Yeah. And obviously it brings it all in. There's like, yeah, you're not bringing us this Task Force X bollocks again. <laughs> It's like, yep, nom 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 nom. Yep. But yeah, don't for, worry. <laughs> we'll get eleven in it. But for yeah. for an opening sequence, I I, I really enjoyed it because yeah. for people who don't know the characters, because obviously we know the characters, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to actually get to meet all these characters, like showing us, as you say, the stats, as James pointed out, the names, yeah. and basically just like sequences with them as the character. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to pretty- see that. And the I'm person who sure. doesn't know the characters, <laughs> exactly, was appreciated. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure as well. For Deadshot, it actually shows all weapons he can use. Like yeah, I think it. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. It, it listed through them. Yeah, and the long, long list of weapons that signifies that he's basically a master of guns. Mm. Exactly, because obviously this isn't the first time we got to see the squad because we got to see them within. Arrow mm. as Task Force X, but that got can they got basically kicked out for the fact that this movie was coming out because DC don't like using two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in that obviously we got to see the other version of Deadshot, the more comic accurate version. But I prefer Will Smith's version to him. Uh, we do mm. did obviously Harley. We got to see in a cameo with deleted scene, and Boomerang was pretty much all over that show a lot of times. So mm. a lot of these, a couple of these characters we did get obviously have seen live action prior to this. But mm-hmm. it's nice to have these new characters that we haven't seen live action yet. But obviously, I'll get to that bit more when we talk about the cast. Yeah, thumbs up from the open sequence from me. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like. Um, there was one particular like little detail that I quite enjoyed. How you, you know you said the 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 important military people are having like a nice dinner, mm. and you also get to see what. Um, the members of the Suicide Squad are being fed, and when yeah. pretty soon it's when Killer Kronk gets given his goat, it goes from him being seen like dragging this goat away, and then he takes a bite of it, and then it skips to the 
big military woman, I forget names. More like, uh, she more just like. takes a bite out of her steak, her really nice, <laughs> lovely steak. That was really undercooked. <laughs> well, some, some people, people like, like yeah. it raw. Some people do like it raw, Hayden. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm keeping my comment to myself. <laughs> 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 my take I know I should go with this but I'm going to move on um, we'll move on to the cast and characters there so we'll start with obviously Task Force X so mm-hmm. first off we have Floyd Lawton aka Deadshot who is played AKA by Will Smith, Smith. <laughs> who was in the movie I Am Legend and he brings a different sort of take on this character as you said we saw him yeah. this character in Arrow as more of a straight up military soldier who's turned very, bad very serious like yeah I'm dark, dark and sullen and and broody. Whereas he brings more like, like a you know lighter but still serious yeah. tone. Hmm. Literally, he's like if the Fresh Prince of Bel Air kill people. Basically, yes, <laughs> that sums him <laughs> up perfectly. Like I said, he's, he's Will Smith playing Will Smith who can shoot guns. Yeah. Either <laughs> <laughs> into one little fight. And his mom got scared because he shot him in the head. In Bel Air, because he's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think it was a good cast having Will Smith because he does, does like bring he, he brings his you know usual Will Smith charm. Yeah, so I give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, everyone's favorite, uh, Doctor Harley Quinzel, yeah. Harley Quinn. Played by Margot Robbie, who was in the Wolf of Wall Street movie. Mm-hmm. And she just screams Harley Quinn, like the craziness. Yeah. She, yeah. She, she brings this character. She just brings everything to the table and even more. And she's probably like one of the, one of, mm-hmm. probably not, maybe even the best sort of Harley Quinn out there. Not just at live action, I mean, like yeah. animated in there. Mm-hmm. She's just great. Definitely. I mean, I've got like, I'm wearing a Harley Quinn t shirt right now. I've got a Harley Quinn picture like facing me right now. I've got a poster. I've got quite a lot of Harley Quinn stuff that so I think I might be biased, but yeah. You're still wearing your Harley Quinn necklace? I, I have, yeah. It's, it's um, hanging up because I've, I've been not long woke up. But <laughs> <laughs> I have that over there. Obviously, mm. I've got the uh, big cardboard cl- behind me of Harley. I've got Harley's bat. <laughs> I've got the two posters, one you brought me and one I brought myself. Uh, though it's not movie related, I do have a Harley Quinn pop, which is the Dr. Harley Quinzel from the Batman animated series. Ooh. I also have the bombshell Harley Quinn uh, Funko. I'm hopefully going to get the Suicide Squad one soon. And I've got like these two statues just off camera of Harley in a bombshell outfit and one in like the classic sort of black and red, the cl- normal clown sort of outfit. I have nothing. Yeah. You know. I've also got a Harley Quinn costume. So yeah, we're uh, I think we're biased. But <laughs> James has James has trains, so He wins. He he yeah. he, 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 he wins. <laughs> he bashed my elbow doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I I think it was a perfect casting. Obviously before this I think it was just Wolf of Wall Street, she was mainly known for and neighbours. Um but, you know, like every Australian they come from neighbours at home and away. And obviously, when she went to Wolf Wall Street, obviously everyone was like, "Wow, she's really great." And then she came straight into this, and everyone was like, "Wow, she's really great." <laughs> wow. but, but yeah, I I think she's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely, can agree. agree to that. We all agree. 
Yeah, it's yeah. an agreement. We're all in mm-hmm. agreement. Uh, okay, then we'll move on to our next character, which is another character we got to see in Arrow. And, oh, the Flash as well, and stuff. Uh, which is George Digger Harkness, Captain Boomerang, played by Jay Courtney, who was in mm-hmm. the Terminator Genesis movie. That bomb. Just like the yeah. Die Hard movie he was in. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not, he's, he's, the movies he's appeared in haven't been very, uh, looked upon uh, nicely by critics and people. But, no. he, but he, he does bring a charm to this movie. He brings the comedy value. Oh, yeah. And character. as you say, just like Deadshot in the Arrowverse, uh, Boomerang's more serious than anything. He's really like, he's not comical whatsoever. He's just this straight up serious character. But this version, obviously, though at a few moments he is a bit serious, but his overall tone is straight up basically the comedic value. And yeah. he's very funny. A bit like an Australian Andy Serkis. Like, he was using the event Age of Ultron when he plays um, Claw. Claw. Mm. Yeah, he's a bit like that kind of character, where, like the whole would be candy, but more Australian. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. An yeah. alcoholic. Like, little, yeah. So he's sort of sweet, it's down in bo- bottles of An alcoholic who stole but... Deadpool's unicorn. <laughs> yeah. But you can, there's like that sense of, it's quite a comical character in a way, but kind of sinister and that com- comical. That's what I mean. Yeah, for the fact that you say sinister, for the fact the first time you see him when he's robbing that place, he literally kills his partner. So that's the serious tone instantly there. But then you look at the comedy value, like when uh, he gets dragged out of that bag and uh, they're holding him still, and he's like, Oh, last thing I heard I was doing was uh, he's, he's doing something with his nana or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, he's like, you, you basically got, because then a red streak hit me, he goes, You got caught robbing a bank. And he's like, I was not. <laughs> But well, I, I do oh, like him. Was it Maho? Is it Maho Zhang? Or am I thinking of the? That's the credit to Minecraft. No, no. <laughs> no it's so. Ah, oh, they're the same thing. <laughs> they're the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. oh, we broke Google. We, we broke our Google. <laughs> we typed Google into Google. We fucked him up. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it's another good casting for this movie. So I will give this movie credit in terms of its casting choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mahjong, same difference. <laughs> With that note, we'll let. Uh... game. It's not even a card game. With that note, we'll move on to our next character. <laughs> which is uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, Chateau Santana. I don't know how you pronounce that exactly. Uh, El Diablo. He's played by Jay Hernandez, who is in a series that I got really addicted to during the uh, the first lockdown last year, which was the Magnum PI reboot. I really enjoyed that show and oh. him in it. He's really good. And just like a couple of other people in this movie, he's also in that bright movie with Will Smith. <laughs> so a, lot of, a couple of people out of this do go into the, obviously, the director's next movie. So he keeps a lot of the same cast at times. But yeah, uh, Obviously, he's one of the characters that has an actual sort of story arc in the sense of he starts off essentially this quiet guy who just doesn't want to do, be involved and whatnot, but then goes to the point where he's like, I've lost my one family, I'm not going to lose another one. And he becomes sort of the more team player who wants to protect his teammates from harm. So mm. I do like his character development over the course of the movie. He, he goes from not wanting to use his powers to use it to save his new family exactly 
And I think he's played well by Jay Hernandez as well. Yeah. He's obviously Agreed. more one of the more serious characters, the ones with less comedy at all. Because mm-hmm. you got you can't have it all be just everyone being comical. Yeah, but I mean, by like you look at a few of the characters, they always sort of crack a, a few wisecracks here and there. But I think he's the only one who doesn't really crack a wisecrack. Doesn't need to. Yeah, like, like, he's been traumatized. Exactly. The backstory we'll get into. Exactly. He's traumatized by that, so he, he doesn't see the humor in life. Exactly. Whereas others use their trauma to just like they use comedy to hide from it, like Harley. Mm-hmm. Or right, dead, sh- or or dead shot at the one, the one point he puts the mask on. He's like, I will Holly, punch you. As well as Holly just like adapts personalities to hide from her own. It's like the whole point of her. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. I'm getting too in detail about funny clown lady. Can we move <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm dreading funny fucking trying to lady. pronounce this next name, but um, after this we have uh, Waylon Jones, aka Killer Croc. Here we go. Who's played by Adewale Akinoyo Agbaj. I don't know how you pronounce that last name. Um, he was in For the Dark World. He's one of the many actors that either went from a Marvel movie into DC or went from DC to Marvel. Yeah. Because he was the uh, one of uh, the Dark Elves, like, lieutenant sort of thing, was, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. The one, got, like, the one who got turned the, to that big brute. Yeah, the big brutey boy. Yeah. And... Though I would have preferred a more fucking Arkham Asylum type killer croc, this big, hawky motherfucker. I feel like they did well to obviously make him still look like a crocodile and a man at the same time. Because yeah. the makeup think, effects was really good on him. Yeah, he did look good, the makeup effects and all that. They didn't want to get lean into whole CGI, did they? No, it not be really. kind of hard to do like the cla- that whole like Arkham Asylum croc without making it look goofy. So I think that CGI, this is the best they could do. Yeah, and obviously they did well with what they did. Agreed. He's probably not my favourite character in the movie. But... Well, yeah, because he's pretty one like pretty one dimension, really. Yeah, he only has a few lines here and there, and he's char- he doesn't really have a character arc, and he mm. just comes in every ending and beats the crap out of everything. But he's still he's still a decent character, he's, but he's obviously just not my favourite sort of one. I'm yeah. kind of I'm kind of biased because it's not it's not a big massive fucking crocodile. I think, I think he's more of like he, he his character looks good, but like there was no other need for him. He he's very much a background character that's, that's like, shown when he's needed. Like they they had to write in a scene of like having to go underwater just so he has them to do. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Uh... Okay. Um... We've got one more squad member before we move on to the actual government side of it, which he's also has a member of the squad. But anyway, uh, in the last one here, which doesn't get any introduction until you get one little picture and the eventual name of him, which is Christopher Wees, uh, Slipknot, played by Adam Beach, who we last saw Hayden in the New Mutants. Mm-hmm. And he was also in the movie Cowboys and Aliens. And there's not much to talk about him except his head goes boom, boom. Basically, he's the exact same in New Mutants, you know? Introduced dead. <laughs> yeah, and you know instantly this guy is dead for the fact that he gets no introduction. He punches a woman as soon as he gets at the bag. At uh, the car, sorry. And there's a couple of lines. He, he, his whole character could have just been replaced with a death flag. He's yeah. literally just there just to prove a point of you fly away or run away. Your head goes boom, boom. 
So, at least it wasn't one of the other characters they blew up. At least it was like a, a character that's literal power is just zip lining essentially. Yeah. Because <laughs> in mean... the, I think it was the um, Arkham Asylum movie they did, the animated one, they blew up King Shark's head, if I remember correctly. He was like the first, the, he was like mm. the, the first character that proved to have his head explode. And I was like, whoa, they killed off like King Shark. He's like a major character and they blew his head off. Whereas this, obviously, Slipknot's not really a great character in general. He just yeah flies around with a wire. The Grandpa Hawk in TTT is fun. True. Very true. But I think what would, what would have made that like whole death more important is if like the actor did market like for the marketing have him more involved and actually give him an intro. Because then he'd be like, what the fuck? It'd yeah. be more of a surprise. Wholeheartedly but, agreed. I couldn't be asked to do that. It obviously ruined it a little bit. But it's more funny for us now. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> it would have been the, the one pump chump. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been far cooler to see them go, you know, introduce all of these characters and then five seconds later, yeah, we just blew that guy's head off. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, yeah, we're not afraid to kill off any of these characters. I mean, they marketed like the Chantress as being. A member of yeah. the good guy, and, and not the main she wasn't. Mm. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move away from him because he's just there to get his head blown off. Um, <laughs> move to the government side of it. So we'll kick it off, obviously, with the leader of the task force. You know, behind the you know the computer monitor. That's obviously Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, who was in the TV series How to Get Away with Murder. And, and just like this, she gets away with murder. Yeah, because she just like kills an entire like load of people. Ah, America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> but yeah, uh, obviously, she brings this sort of sinister side to uh, Waller at times for the fact that she has no emotion. For the fact that she just, she just shoots like the entire room. It's like they weren't quite, they weren't clear for this, and he's like, "I ain't judging you. I'm judging you, but I ain't judging you to your face because I know you're gonna shoot me." And because obviously we had the Waller in Arrow as well, who eventually obviously died within that series, but. I, I do like her performance as Waller. She does a decent job. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But she likes you. She's very like imposing of a character. Oh yeah. The whole point is like she's like the, like the Nick Fury, the one that that one person you just, you don't piss off. Yeah. Yep. And you can like you can see that even all of them are intimidated. Like Rick is obviously you can tell he he hates her. Like he's pissed off with her didn't like her but won't say anything because obviously even like even he fears her i mean like the whole point will smith is like as that when he's um coming out of like the prison they're testing his guns he's saying what he wants like putting his um terms down mm-hmm. he's not saying it he's making it look like he's saying it to rick but obviously he's pointing it to waller because he knows she's the boss she's the one who can actually make all this happen Indeed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, as you talk about Rick, uh, next up is actually Colonel Rick Flagg, played by Joel Kinnaman, who, if you remember correctly, Hayden was in the Robocop remake we watched before. Yes, I totally remember everything from that film, apart from just... I totally, only remember, I totally don't only remember Sam Jackson. <laughs> but, but, totally not. But yeah, he... It, he essentially at times he's this literally just a straight up but generic sort of military character, but he does have a bit more emotion every now and again, especially when referring to uh, uh, June. 
He obviously has a bit more emotion there. And he's shown at the end when he hugs Deadshot. He does have this emotion, but he does at times just play sort of generic, stern, military soldier, soldier who just wants to get the job done, get in, get out. Yeah, it's no. like that stern soldier one's more of a character that Rick himself has to play. You know what I mean? It's like the real him is when he's with June, when he's like broken down. But this more of a fake facade of this soldier character, all American, hero, like, totally Captain America kind of guy. Very just analytical of you, Hayden. Okay. I'm good at this. I just thought, haha, funny American soldier, man. <laughs> I, I still think he's de- he does a good job, obviously, mm. when he does the emotional side of it. And, yeah. and again, you still got to do a good job to play this sort of generic type of soldier. So I'll give him props there. And obviously we get Thank to you. see him soon when they do the second Suicide Squad movie. He's obviously one of the few returning characters from this one. Oh, neat. There is only so many American soldier characters you can have. So it's probably a harder role to fill. Yeah. Clipper, yeah. this film would, probably go, would, be, would have been filled with them. Yeah, because yeah, like the, the rest of his like squad that he has with him, they, they are kind of just pew-pew American soldier. Yeah. yeah, very generic, like, oh, get a job done, duh, duh, duh. these are bad guys, we're the good guys. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Agreed entirely. Obviously, mm-hmm. we do actually have, a, in the government side, we do actually have a member of the, of the um, villain, even though she's technically not a villain, uh, the good guy in the villain side of the squad, it's confusing, uh, we, have, we have Katana, who's played by Karen Fukuhara, who was in the TV series The Boys, and she does really well on that as well. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, she's a bit like Croc in a sense that, though she does have these moments, she's more of a slightly sort of background-esque character. She's not like, like full frontal mm, like the rest of them. Like she's added in last minute kind of thing. Like, oh, and here's Katana. Well, know, t- in that I one am- moment, she technically was when she just climbs on the plane. She's like, oh yeah, it's Katana. <laughs> yeah, but I actually kind of like that though, how literally just she walks onto the, the helicopter and she's just like, yeah, here's Katana. Like, she's literally just here. I, I probably would have liked it less if she didn't get any better over the course of the film. But personally, I actually really like Katana. She's yeah, a good she character. But, I mean, obviously, she's just sort of underused in this mm. movie. Which is the problem with having so many characters. Yeah. Is the fact some yeah. have got to be underused. And, obviously, Croc's one of them. And Katana's mm. the other one. Though Diablo I mean, is underused. They've done that to a reason for him to basically have yeah. the big ending he requires. So... Yeah, I mean, when you've got Will Smith and Margot Robbie, the rest of the budget kind of doesn't have room for. You've got seventy thousand lines, and exactly you get packed. Uh, you kind of just stand behind Will Smith and <laughs> do good, basically. Yeah, but I think with what she's got, she does do well, and I do like some of the fight scenes when she's obviously slicing through the fucking, as I'm calling them, uh, blueberry or blackberry men, because they, their faces look like blueberries or blackberries. Love boy. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it would be nice if, like, her sword, like, had more of, like, a re... Like, if the sword was one of the clincher things of defeating her, of Enchantress. The whole point is, like, that sword is a soul-sucking sword. It would have been cool if that would be more useful, like... Well, they did use it to defeat her in the end, but obviously, that was just, you know, a simple slash. It wasn't anything to do with the sword being special. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought that was literally just a normal katana. I didn't know it had any... Uh, it's got souls in it. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah, that, that, in the film they say like, that, like the soul of her husband is in that sword. 
Oh, okay. See, I, I just thought that was ha ha dead husband reference. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that was like a character trait, like, oh, sh- people just go around spreading like a rumor. It's like, oh, uh, the soul of a dead husband's in the sword. Mm. It actually is in the sword. Yep. I did not know that. So, so, I mean, it would have been nice if that was like the whole way yeah. of defeating instead of like, boom. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, still, she's it's still, still pretty. Yeah, good. she's still good, and it's still nice to see Katana on the big strings. We got got used to an arrow for quite some time. She's really great in arrow, and but also good in here. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay, and uh, it would it wouldn't be a, a you know nice of us not to mention the next character, even though he's you know barely in it for the fact that we, we're just going to make an eleven joke when we do it. Um, obviously we have a, uh, Dexter Tolliver, who's played by David Harbour, who obviously was in Stranger Things. And he's another character oh, that's, that's jumped from. Reference. Yeah, he's another character yeah, that's like... jumping from DC to Marvel because he's obviously going to be in the Black Widow movie. Mm. So there's not much to say about him. He's literally just this guy who's just like, yeah. So uh, Task Force X, you know, should do it. Do it. He's we'll ba- do it. It's ba- basically his character. There's not much to him. He's just there. He's so. just like, he's pretty much just like, are you, you really going to do Task Force X? We're doing Task Force X. Oh, why is he people targeting us? Basically, that's his whole character. So we'll move on to the actual villains. Um, so the first villain is Dr. Jim Moore, Enchantress, who's played by Cara Delevingne, who's in the mm-hmm. Amazon TV series Carnival Row. And I like the the uh, the, you know, the actual proper Enchantress, the dark side of Enchantress. I'm not a big yeah. fan of the when she gets all lighty oh, and whatnot. I don't yeah, li- I, I don't that. like that. I like the more you know this darkly shadowy figure in the corner. <laughs> I like that version. I'm not a big fan of the you know flying yeah. arms flailing yeah that, that whatever the mm-hmm. fuck that was i ain't found yeah. that part of it i mean i was like remember when i first like saw the trailers like um suicide squad and like and they were hyping up like all the characters and stuff mm-hmm. and when they showed like june as enchantress i was really like hooked on that like, that'd be an amazing character because at that time we didn't know she'd be the villain we thought she'd be one of the like the good guys Right. And, yeah, like, well, one of the members of the Suicide Squad. So it's like, oh, it would have been like, she might be calling that. And I really like the design. And then they did the villain part of it. And yeah. she went all glowy and, oh, I'm basically a goddess now. Look how heavenly I am. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. In her other form, she's basically just, oh, look at me, old goddess. I'm woman in bikini. <laughs> Whereas, like, the gothic style would be <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah. When, when, you, when you, like, see her, like, the few times you see her transform, you know, when mm. her form whispers Enchantress, and you see her hand. Yeah, like, that was cool. The human hand. That's, oh, that's creepy and cool. And that, cool. that's the kind of thing I, I know this is just me going on a tangent, but imagine seeing something like that in Phasmophobia, where instead of just always mm. it just go, the hand going into your eyes. You suddenly just see like these hands coming out of your hands, mm. and yeah, they're like, really, really good, like, like ghostly effects. There, mm. my point. The whole point is that's showing the enchantress taking over her body, and it's it visually just amazing. Mm. Yeah, and then they ruined it. Basically, she's a mixed bag of characters. She has a moment, but then yeah. overall, meh. Shit. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, we'll move on to the next character who's also a meh towards the shit side of it. Um, obviously, the Joker is here, played by Joe Leto this time, who was is obviously yeah. going to be in the Morbius movie when it eventually ever comes out. And Con- comes- Connor would kill me if I didn't mention the fact he was an American Psycho, so he was in there. Yes, he was. And don't I don't like fully hate him, but at the same time, I don't fully like him as the Joker. I think it's just for the fact that they did, they basically like plastered him all over the trailer like yeah joker's here and they barely used him whatsoever mm. and i don't think he's as bad as uh jesse eisenberg's lex Luthor. i think that's twice as bad as this i mean he's just kid, not the best as i kept saying in the previous like film we watched i think jesse eisenberg would probably have been a better joker <laughs> the way he was playing that fucking character yeah <laughs> i just don't think he's the best choice for joker but maybe we might change our mind if, if justice league maybe he brings a different side to it when he comes into yeah. that so, fingers well, crossed think, he does. I think, like, he's just, he, he had a very tough, like, role to fill. Yeah. And just wasn't good enough. That, that's the thing, because obviously we pointed out last time with Batman, he's obviously coming off the mm. back of Christian Bale, Ben Affleck was. But mm. the fact that, obviously, that was only one great Batman who's coming off the back of, because the ones in between him and Michael Keaton were basically shit. Yeah. Whereas he's literally, Jerry was coming off the back of Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson. Mm. So yeah. he's, he's like back to back great jokers and Mark Hamill as well in there. Yeah, we've kept like voice actors and stuff. Mark Hamill. Exactly. Like, he's, he's, amazing. he's coming off the back of all these. So he's got the fucking toughest task ever. And I think that's yeah. what d- doesn't do any favours. That and the fact that he's very underused within the movie. He comes in basically just to shoot some people yeah. and whatnot and stir some, you know, stuff in his team. But mm-hmm. other than that, he's just, they could have basically done anything with it. Basically, they could have done anything else there and just moved him out of it. So. And even like worse now because like we, we have like the joker film which exactly obviously mm. blows his performance out of the water completely with a fucking nuclear bomb because joaquin was mm. and that's how he created godzilla <laughs> yeah all of my input to this is yes <laughs> yeah. yeah i agree and yes I so, agree. so basically he's he's not shit shit but he's not great he's so he's kind of bad job he's like meh I think, like, if it was, like, the original, like, what they were going to do, like, the original scenes to have, that would cut out. Yeah, maybe that does improve it, but who knows. They'd say, like, there were some of his scenes that they cut out, which made him a lot more sinister and a lot more, like... Well, oh, there was loads cut out. There was loads for him. And, like, the whole, like, that whole scene where um, he pushes Harley out, helicopter, it's edited to make it look like a bit of sacrifice. Like, I'll save you. When actually, originally, we were supposed to be like, he did it on purpose to try and kill her. Well, in this version, he doesn't, it's not really, I'll save you. He just let, he accidentally lets go more than anything. He doesn't actually just push her to yeah. save her. He just lets go because he falls backwards. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it seemed like it was like a, a good act, but it wasn't really. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'll blame that on the like, whole like editor and director change, changes they had. Yeah, the reshoots they did. Mm. Okay. Uh, is one last sort of soldier who I'm calling a villain because he just helped Joker, but there's not much to say to him. He's more of the comedy value of the movie at times, which is uh, Ike Barinholtz. He plays Griggs in the movie. He's the you know the guy who's like Lippin' Bros' history. Oh, I did, I did, that, I did that in the wrong order. I was yeah. meant to do his character name first, but oh well. Uh, he was in the movie Bad Neighbours with <laughs> uh, Seth Rogen, but he's also in that Bright movie at the same time. Yeah, but yeah, he he's more the... He's, he, Literally just there just to give Joker, oh yeah, here's Harley. 
at the same time yeah. the comedy value as we say with the whole you know i want you to shoot this man and then delete my browser history mm. that's literally all his characters there he's just dick like police officer kind of yeah. like warden character that you just you hate and you want like the have bad things to happen to because you know prick. what i wouldn't delete his browser history <laughs> yeah I'd purposely let everyone see he's like we probably long stuff time. through it, but <laughs> take some notes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like he might be into very different things. Knowing him, it's probably like lollies or something. Oh god. <laughs> okay, yeah. move, move on. We'll move on. Um, That's also, where I got I'll, I'll quickly point out obviously the cameos we have. Obviously, Affleck returns as Batman, Ezra Miller <laughs> as the Flash for the first time, technically. But yeah. I've seen like a more actual scene, not like saw on a computer screen technically, because though he wasn't bit yeah. Batman versus Man, it was only on the computer screen, so it's so not counting it fully. That original cameo, cameo in quotation marks didn't even look like him. Weirdly, I don't know why, but I think it's because he had long hair. Yeah, like the long hair and the moustache and stuff. It looked, it looked weird. It didn't look like it was him. So it was very confusing. For that, I thought that I thought it was supposed to be actually like. <laughs> Who's this guy? And obviously, uh, we also have uh, one of the soldiers played by Scott Eastwood, who's Clint Eastwood's son. He's oh, the guy. Right. He's the guy that clicks the bomb. That was Clint Eastwood's son. Oh, rip! <laughs> okay, now we'll move away from characters because we, we all. Agree, I think we can all agree, apart from like, some, a couple of the last ones, mo- majority of them are excellent casts and played yeah. well. Uh, Harley, yes. Yeah. Okay, For uh, casting, they get a solid 7.5 out of 10. Rend it okay. up or down. <laughs> Ooh. It depends uh, on when you ask. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's... <laughs> it's like your I, boner. I, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so we'll move on to the story side of it. So obviously, the sort of start of the story is, as I say, the aftermath of Superman's death and the creation of the Suicide Squad. The middle mm-hmm. is the squad being sent in this rescue up, and the end is basically the squad versus Incubus and Enchantress. And it's an overall story. I don't think it's bad. I think obviously it's a sort of right story of them being sent there to basically just because they don't really want to send any heroes in there because the only hero they have is Batman. So they're like, yeah, uh, we'll just secretly send this covert task force in. So yeah, they did the job. And I do like the fact that it's sort of like a a, a trial lull to all of them for the fact that it's obviously Waller there to rescue. I do mm. like that. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to rescue this important person. Oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> I do like I do like that. I I think it's a decent story. Mm. It's it's pretty like it's basic really. It's, it's basic. It's kind of generic, but it's more of like it's more character driven than anything. Yeah, more, yeah, the characters and the action are there more for than the actual story. But the story is not as important. It's more of the characters there are the big focus. Yeah, still good. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's quick sum up. Uh, we'll move on to cinematography then. Yeah. And I think it's, some di- obviously it's a different style we've seen to the last two movies because Snyder has his own unique vision in terms of movies. And this does completely different to how those sort of were. But I do like the cinematography. I think it is some decent... Sh- there's a- some decent shots of in the movie that I do like. like uh, as I point out, at some point, uh, I said it during the when we watched it, the Will Smith shot when he's shooting on the top of the car when they're all looking at him and he's just there blasting his way through. And yeah. some of the, the shots are like Katana slicing through the 
the weird people. Um, I do like some of the shots within the movie. I like, I like the slow motion shots I do sometimes, like when the the unicorn flies out of fucking Captain Boomerang's jacket when he's slicing through. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's some good cinematography. Mm. Definitely agree. Like especially when they're showing off like um uh, those shots like basically being dead shot. Like they show off his like his gun skills in the, in the courtyard. Like a lot of those shots were pretty cool. Like seeing him shoot like the dead dead on headshots. And as well that scene where like he jumps on the car as well. Starts like, shooting people like later on. That was a good scene as well. So they they did do some good stuff. Indeed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much said all the ones that I remember. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Those two things the only thing he remembers from the film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll move on to the score, and obviously this is completely different to the sc- uh, scores we've covered in every other fucking film we've done yeah. since we started. For the fact that this is less like orchestra score, it's more hip hop type score, and I do like yeah. it. The only one I have issue is is the Killer Croc bit because that makes no fucking sense. There's no helicopters flying around. They're inside. It doesn't make They're any sense. And it's not the Vietnamese War, so it makes no sense whatsoever. I would have preferred more like darker sort of sinister type song maybe but other than that i do like the score i think it's each, each song suits the characters basically yeah um i feel like it's a bit like shrek in a way you know, that they use the pop music for yeah. that like mm. add for like the comical stuff and then they use orchestra for like serious parts there are, there are some like i'm pretty sure there are some yeah there's, there's a few like when it, like, you're shooting on the car and yeah. There's a couple of, there is a couple, but it's more focused on I mean, the album side of it. So if you literally Google Suicide Squad uh, soundtrack, yeah. you're literally just going to get the album with uh, the yeah. main these songs that are playing over the top. Trust me, I know. A cool action film with some cool action music kind of thing. Pretty much it. Yeah. I I, I do like the soundtrack. I, I, I do like a lot of the songs. Like Harley's songs, they yeah. suit her perfectly. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, the wow, great, the okay. great, and, and this guy won best guest last year. <laughs> well, yes. There was no competition, really. Well, yeah. To be fair, he was in the most last year. Funny had like one in one like one one or two like like moments when he came on, and Alex is Alex, so it's it's really like it's not much of a competition for it, James. <laughs> oh, so I like it, you know. <laughs> James Deep Den doesn't take it as a compliment or basically. Uh, oh no, I didn't take it as a compliment. I mean, I won. Well done, yeah. well done, sir. Thank you, thank you. Like, James is amazing, but like Alex is the bottom of the battle barrel. And I mean, what are you going to do, pick Craig? <laughs> Who knows? Chaotic evil. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll move on from score then to the special effects. And I don't think they're bad. I think there are actually some decent special effects within the movie. I think Incubus, his face looks a bit off at times. I think that's more the patterns they go with on the face. But I mean, the body side of it looks fine in terms of CGI. And mm. I do like Diablo when he turns into the, the fire creature. That was cool. Yeah, the racially insensitive Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't think it's bad CGI because I know a lot of people complain about CGI within the DC movies, but I don't think it was terrible. 
I say, the only issue I have is the, the, the face of uh, Incubus, but I think that's more of the, the patterns they go with, the design of the character. They make them a bit better, too generic at times. It's a lot better than the Whedon. Um, Do you bleed? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better than the Whedon CGI, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah I, I, again, I agree. I have no... I, I had no issues whatsoever. First, the first time we watched it, the time near of its yeah. release, and now... I mean, yeah, I have the ability to point out bad CGI when I see it, so, mm. yeah, no, I, I had absolutely no issues with it. And they, I did at least know, like, you don't have to rely heavily on CGI, yeah. and they had practical stuff as well. They have a, a useful mix. Yeah. So. Exactly. Obviously, Croc was the main point, which is probably why they won the fucking Oscars. Yeah. It's been the first film since, I believe it was Spider-Man, to win mm-hmm. like, uh a normal Oscar. I think I know Dark Knight won an Oscar for Heath Ledger, but I mean, not actor wise. I mean, like, like mm. the the special the effects and crap like that. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, although, although Harley Quinn's makeup was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I still I still feel like fucking Star Trek should have won it for the fact that it had so much fucking like practical makeup effects over lots of characters. Like 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 we say. Oscars, they're kind of rigged. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, we'll uh, move on then to the action sequences in the movie. So obviously the first one is the street fight, when the squad's fighting the weird blackberry creatures, whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> the generic bad guys um, with Which weird multiple eyes and stuff. Yeah, horde, and, zombie-ass. Yeah. And I think the first obviously fight we get with the squad, I, I do enjoy it. I think it's a good like solid like showing off each character's perks. Obviously, Will Smith jumps on the fucking car, shooting everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crocs fucking yeah. ripping people apart. Katana slicing through people. Boomerangs carrying away, drinking, but obviously does get involved with stuff. Harley's beating the shit out of people with a bat and shooting. Uh, Diablo's pointing out here, obviously the one that's not one not one to fight, so he's backing off. Flag yeah, obviously a squad shooting for everyone. So we get a good mix of characters fighting and it's a nice introduction to their fighting styles because they've all got their own way of killing stuff yeah which is unique and it's, it's a way of like basically giving them a reason for why they're there like yeah. they, they're they're there because they're strong they're because they've got a katana they're because they're harley quinn <laughs> they're because they've got shooting they can shoot guns really really good <laughs> The Essentially, though, this is shown that the reason they're there is because they're not afraid to kill. Obviously, yeah. even when he's pointed at the fact that these were people, they don't give a shit. They still just fucking blast their way through them. Mm. So, they're still humans, but they don't give a shit. Like, fuck it. Exactly. Because they're dead we've anyway. Done worse. We've done worse. Exactly. It's nice to see as well when they actually add stakes by when the creatures start grabbing the, the main general guy. Rick. Yeah. Um, and dragging yeah. him away. And uh, the first time they do it, when uh, Harley's like, uh, good riddance to you. And Deadshot has to remind her, he dies, we die. That's what I like with Deadshot, for the fact that he's the more... He's kind of like a leader behind Flag, for the fact that he knows like the, the dangers of everything around. For the fact that he's like, okay, Flag dies, we're fucked, so we need to help him. So I, I do like that base character. He's kind of the intermediate between yes he's a bad guy and he'd say to hell with all of this in a split second like all the rest of them but mm. he is probably one of the very few of them 
that knows the stakes here. Yeah, like it's it's good of them to actually like acknowledge that all these people would probably would like be bought any second they could. Which there is proved by, by this point. It is proved that someone's already tried to bolt boomerang one and fucking slit the knot, but you know, boom, boom. It's proved that it will happen. Right. Mm. Like, if they do run off, they'll die. Heck, mm. even fucking Harley, she was admitting to want to run at one point. I think Deadshot was the only one, and Croc. Croc, Diablo, and Deadshot I think were the only ones that didn't say they were going to bolt, because obviously boomerang yeah. went around every single character. He got Harley on his side, he got fucking slit knot on his side. And all of them are about to bolt, except Diablo is obviously the quiet one. He's like, piss off. Uh, Deadshot was just like, I'm made to get the job done. And Croc's like, yeet! Yeet, <laughs> folky. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I agree with the whole, he knows what the stakes are here. He's more down to earth than the rest of them. Mm. I think that's why he's there, because he's the less insane one. Mm. And I feel like without him, the entire task force X just doesn't work. Yeah, because the whole point is that he's the only one that's got morals, really. Yeah. The whole point is that he never, like, assassinates women or children. Yeah, I'd say when he says no women or children. Mm. Like, yeah, he has morals. And, like, he chooses not to kill Harley at one point. But he's, like, he's like the most human out of the Suicide Squad, basically. That's the whole point. Yeah. I agree there. It's, it's probably what uh, Bloodsport's going to be sort of like in the next one. Mm. He's gonna be the more sort of human, more like the more humanized character. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully they're doing a bit different because obviously you don't just a copy and paste of Deadshot. I hope they do something different. It could be a Deadshot, but British. Be amazing. Yeah, but I mean, for, for the first fight we get in the movie, I think it was a decent introduction fight. So I give them credit there. Yeah, I I also like how they actually you actually see progression with the enemies in the fact that when they get to that big uh, skyscraper building. They go into that one, like, really large, like, room thing, and the Blackberry guys actually start firing firearms at them. Mm. So you actually get progression from random zombie creatures that I th- I, charge. I think that's more down to the fact that those ones that are charging, those are normal people, whereas the yeah. ones out in the buildings, they were the military soldiers' turn, so they still have the memories of... Oh, good. Die, you sons of bitches! Yeah. <laughs> America! Yeah. Rather than they're all the same thing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So when you first see them, they're basically just charging cords. Second yeah. time, they're sneak attack, that like they jump from the ceiling and stuff. It's more organized. And then, say, then we see them with guns. So it's like, there's a progression to how they attack. Yeah. Just because the, the different people being turned. Exactly. Obviously, then the next fight onwards is the office fight where you say the sneak attack and more. Mm-hmm. Where it obviously kicks off with Harley trying to bolt and she's in the elevator and she has to fight a few off. And then obviously she comes in and she's like, what? And they're always like, uh, okay. And I, I said, then the sneak attack and more and they all have to fight. And by this point, uh, Deadshot's put his mask finally on. And mm-hmm. as, as James pointed out, uh, they. Flags get dragged away again, yeah. and this time they're all in the mindset of, okay, we know what's going to happen here, and they all literally just dive on him and all surrounding him in the you know, the iconic pose from the fucking mm. trailer. Apart from Diablo again, who's still backed off, and yeah. it's even pointed out with flags like, just let me fight, and they're like, no, because you're not fighting because you die, we're dead. So mm. stay behind us, we'll fight. So I do like that with this oh, fight. I love that. 
I, I love the, the coming together and how, the how they form basically like that shield phalanx and like no, we're we're the ones that are going to take the hits for you. Basically, that Avengers pose. <laughs> sort of, yeah, but obviously, <laughs> but more compact rather than spread out yeah. slightly. Yeah. Basically that, yeah, and obviously then it builds up into the Diablo side of it when he actually does use his powers because Deadshot, as you say, they start shooting now at the uh, Suicide Squad and Deadshot takes his mask off. And he's like, "Are you gonna do anything?" And he just keeps smacking him on the face, like, "Oh, are you gonna do anything?" Ooh. Yeah, he's like touching him, and now Diablo's like, "I'm touching you, touch I'm touching you, I'm touching you." And obviously then he just pushes him out the way and just unleashes yeah. fire everywhere, burn them all to cinders, and he's like, "I just, I I'm just trying to get you." Yeah, no hard feelings, man. I do like that they're always making every character sort of tries to uh, like make uh, the, uh, Diablo the sort of butt of the jokes, but secretly he's like the most powerfulest one of them all. For the fact that early on, fucking Boomerang, he's like, "Oh, you're the fire guy, aren't you?" He gets his light around. He's like, "Ooh, you're fire, ooh." And then as you say, he's literally the most powerfulest character out of all of them. For the fact that he can transform. Well, that. But I mean, that was more of a noble sacrifice. True, but still, he's the only one that dies. So, well, in actually... in the extent in the actual uh, original cut, he doesn't die, so he survives. They're gonna make him survive, but then they're like, "Nah, let's let's just cut that and make him die because why not?" Well, yeah, but I, I, I mean, it's obviously it's it's obviously a short fight, but this one's more focused on the fact that there's more chemistry between them there of knowing what they need to do and Diablo mm-hmm. using his powers. So it's a nice little middle fight between the opening fight and. The fight that's coming their way, so I do, I, I do like it. Yeah, I also like to see how in the initial fights you go from um, when they're all coordinated, when you know they're on the winning end, they're just bashing in the blobby heads of zombies, to how they really quickly fall apart and how they're just getting ripped apart by the new strategies of these ranged enemies that actually know what they're doing. To then how they adapt with Deadshot going, okay, I can't just shoot through all of these. Time to provoke the fire one. Yeah, it's basically the whole point of them trying to get each one to put their own, like, to be actually be a team, everyone contribute instead of just like them all being out for themselves. Imagine if our school projects were actually like that. <laughs> Imagine. Instead, <laughs> instead, all our projects would just be that one scene. Of Diablo, everyone else is like, "No, no, I want. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to do anything. Oh, fine, fuck it. <laughs> 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 it all to the ground. <laughs> all the fucking work. Ah, uh, okay. okay then. It's it's funny what good-looking women made us do. <laughs> we'll move on then, because uh, we've had some uh, interesting, more character-driven fight scenes so far. I've um, had an interesting look at James' life. Yep. Uh, uh, the next fight. It's a very brief a fight, which is obviously the squad versus Incubus, which is only a small fight. So it's just literally them, just a couple of shots at him because mm-hmm. you get one joke from uh, Boomerang who's like, "Who's this?" But in that really like squeaky ass voice, his balls just fucking dropped. <laughs> who's this? Who's fucking this mate? And obviously they're all having to fight him off. This is more just to show off obviously his character more than anything because we got to see him a few times already. But this is more yeah. showing the squad's first reaction to it and Diablo mm. actually turning into his true form and after the fight for the fact that this is now when he's realised I'm not going to lose his family because they have all that flashbacky moments where uh, Enchantress gets in all the heads and starts funneling it with good stuff 
and yeah, it gets it's fucks everyone off. Showed out an enchantress has been like, oh, you know, I'll show you the visions of the very things that you desire and what I'll give you if you kneel before me. Blah blah blah, God. Blah blah blah, bow. Yeah. All like be gone for my wife's dead i killed her la, 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 la. yeah you finally accept like, it I, I know the truth you can't you, you can't bribe me you can't handle the truth yeah because this way <laughs> his character is finally he's, he's fully gone full circle the fact that he knows what he's done and he's no longer afraid of it so he just wants mm. to use his powers now to protect those that he cares for which is the squad and obviously mm. he gets he's, he comes in at first as burning obviously incubus before he gets smashed out completely but then he looks at the pictures of some guy's family doesn't he and it just pisses him off because yeah. he knows what's going to happen to them so he just turns himself into this fucking monster and he comes out he's like oh all right bitch and he's obviously fight and he actually he does start winning the fight but i because obviously it's not something he fully always does so he's not used to controlling it so he uses way too much fire because you see him start to drain because everyone's backing him like oh you do it mate just kick his ass but then his fire starts going because he's using too much and he becomes basically weak and normal again. A bit like Ben 10. He times out. Yeah. And obviously, he goes he times out. And obviously he tells them all to, you know, go, boom boom him up. Because the bomb's underneath. Cause, you know, Croc's done his thing of one underwater scene of just holding some blueberry, blackberry people to the side. So the place he's was sunk and uh, click the button and next, you know, die. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I like that as well for the fact that Harley... She's the one that says no because obviously, as you say, uh, Deadshot's the one that knows what needs to be done for the fact that instantly he turns the flag and he's like, blow it for the fact that Diablo's told him to. And mm. Harley's the only one that's just like against it. It's like, no, don't do it. And I, I do like that. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. She got uh, attached mm. during the bar scene more that's than anything awesome. for the fact Pretty that he told sure. the story of his family and she's like, mm. own that shit now. Just own it. I do, I do like, obviously, we didn't speak about the bar scene as much, but I did like that scene for the fact that. Yeah, that was the more, biggest character yeah, at the moment. It showed every character and gave more story and finally gave Diablo's side of the story, so I did like that. But for this fight, I did, I, I enjoyed seeing Diablo go full Diablo, so I'll give him that. Yeah, it would kind of be useless if I did that bit. He's like, fire, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> it would have been a bit, like, you know, stupid. So at least I added that moment in. Yeah. To get rid of the B Tech villain that was supposed to be Incubus, but yeah, really, he was just there for CJMF. It was just a generic big guy, generic Ken Tigana guy. Yeah, and obviously then the next fight as it goes on is the actual Enchantress fight when she actually turns mm-hmm. into the actual Enchantress we like, the Gothic one, <laughs> and she's fighting everyone off, and everyone's have to like fight using their powers. Fucking boomerangs throwing his boomerang and losing them. He's like, oh shit, where is she? Katana's saving his ass. Uh, fucking Deadshot's shooting and whatnot. Uh, Harley's, you know, batting and shit, mm. and obviously everyone's just getting involved. Krog throws at one point and does that shocking face, and he's like, "What the fuck? Where did she just go?" <laughs> Which is quite funny. Kind of <laughs> and obviously they figure it all out. Like, okay, we need to blow it the fuck up. So obviously they get the explosives and you know, toss it, and then she tries to get Deadshot's head, doesn't she? She makes his daughter appear, like saying, "Oh, please don't do it, don't do it," and he's like. Fuck this, bang, and blows it all up. And then goes Craig, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) white trash that's floating in the sky. But yeah, I I, I did like this thing, because again, it showed off each character's skills. Mm. And it showed how powerful Enchantress is with the teleporting. So I did did like that. 
explains why James really wants teleporting. Like, if he's James with power, visibility and teleporting. You can see why. You all know the invisibility side of it. It's just so he can hide in women's bathrooms. Yeah. And teleporting is so he can get away quickly. <laughs> when he gets caught. <laughs> this is not true. <laughs> I, would, I would like it to go down on record that I would not do this. Uh, unfortunately, the court has already like found you guilty, and you're getting you're being sentenced to twelve years in prison. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, the... What happened to, get, to getting me time in horny jail? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, uh, I, 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 I tried to strike a deal. It didn't work. Take, they can't take you. You're too far, like too gone. far gone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, yeah. This fight ends with them cutting Enchantress's heart out for the fact that Harley sneaks up using the idea of, "Oh, I want my Joker back." I'm gonna put him back, and you know, use the katana to slice for the fact that she's like, "Oh, you messed with my friends again." Her recognizing that these are her friends now, and you know, taking the heart, destroying the heart. Enchantress is you know back now is June, and everyone's all happy, and we're all gonna leave. We're gonna go, you know, go back to Gotham. We're gonna break some stuff, steal some stuff. Waller's like, "Nope, no bitch. I get explosives, but I can cut a deal with all of you." But yeah, we'll get to the actual deal part of it because that's you know. The ending but yeah i feel like it was a decent end fight it wasn't anything like massively spectacular but it was a decent fight mm, i agree it was like it could have been better, a bit better yeah but it was still entertaining it, it definitely has a war i think is like the main problem with anime fight scenes where it's very stop start Yes, like the whole point of when like Croc like throws the bomb, and like, I'm going to shoot it, and then like for like, ten seconds he turns down the stairs at this illusion of his daughter. It's like by the time he's finished looking at her, that thing's already gone. Yeah, like there's yeah. some there's it's some timing moments. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's and the whole like oh enchantress like oh kneel before me and. Yeah. Holly's like, oh yeah, okay. Definitely not deceiving you. Ha ha, he he, hoo hoo. I mean, she's a crazy clown person. No. Yep. She was probably coming and not approach the crazy clown woman. Yeah. Because she'd have thought you're free. Okay, then. Uh, we'll uh, move on for time time reasons. Uh, James, me and you get to shut up now. We get to sit back and listen to Hayden's editing moment. Um, Five minutes of fame, whatever she wants to do. So we get to sit okay, back and listen. A few seconds. Yeah, go on. Because the only real problem with the editing is that they do it in a way to like glance over the bad stuff. Like obviously the whole, like I mentioned before, the Joker, the whole helicopter scene. They edited it in a way to make it seem like it was a good sacrifice, or you know what I mean, himself for her, and blah blah blah. That was how they edited it. But obviously, there was more of them trying to cover up the fact that it was quite a toxic moment. They glance over a lot of the like bad stuff about Joker and Harley to make it more of a oh it's a happy nice relationship. Totally not very toxic. Very. So obviously that's really the only problem I have for anything. That and the whole timing moments were bad. Oh no, the bomb, but I'm staring at my daughter. What am I going to do? I'm like a baby slow motion. I'm so the fire. I'm like a baby chuck the uh, slow mo grenade. I mean, it's fine. Fine, yeah. <laughs> that's the only problem I have, editing. 
Other than that, it's all right. Okay. Uh, we'll move on um, to the uh, pacing yeah. of the movie. Uh, I don't really have any issues with the pacing. I think it it's mm. fine to an extent. Obviously, you get the squad being introduced at the start. You then get the threat. You get them sent there. Then they slowly evolve into an actual team. Fight yeah. the bad guy. Mission's over. Film's over. So it's basically your regular type of pace. But, mm. you know, it's, it's not dreadful. I don't say it's bad. Yeah, I, no, I, I have no issues with the pacing because yeah. I know I just remembered with, with Ready, uh, the film Ready Player One, I was really starting to get bored at the start of that. It's like, when is when are stakes going to be introduced? When's this film actually going to get going? But with Suicide Squad, no. With with how have they handled all the character introduction in, introductions? I, no point did it did it bore me or lose my interest. I think the only like problem I would say with that pacing is it goes a little bit too fast. Like obviously. That one like character moment when they all slow down and in the pub, that was the best part. But like I think the start and the middle, and coming to that part was a little bit, little bit too fast. But it was still good enough that, like, at least not too slow. I'd rather a film be too fast than too slow. Because it's too slow, you're like, yeah. If it's too fast, you're like, uh, oh, oh well, I can always just watch it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I Agreed entirely there. Yeah. Okay, now we'll move on to the production design aspects of the movie. And I think it's some good production design. Obviously, the sets look quite uh, cool. Obviously, you got the. It's like a normal, essentially, place, but I mean, there's just. It's all just fucked and destroyed, which is nice to see. And I, I think it's I think it's some good designing. And obviously, as I say, you can move with production design to the, the actual character sort of makeup and costume design. And thing. It's the entire sort of production behind it was great I think I think it did a really good job great except that one part of the Tantris but other than that yeah other than that it was a very good production behind this movie yeah I, I personally love the whole ruined city aesthetics so for me they they would have been very hard for them to go wrong with that mm-hmm. for me like do you know that scene where like, Rick like, finds June yeah and she's in that, like, that black bath and the, the, the pentagram like, on top of it like that mm. Pacific like scene was amazing. It was the whole point. He's trying to show like this demonic side to Enchantress, and it worked really well. Like mm. the the whole club scene with Harley Quinn, that that like it made the Joker and them like like fucking gangsters. Yeah, yeah. Part of that, that, yeah, that really sold the 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 gangster like idea of them. Yeah, because I think the whole point is like that that Joker is supposed to be like the gangster vibe Joker that from the like first initial of the comics because there's like three versions of him. Yeah, there's a, there's a more gangster vibe. Then there's the more like comical one. Then there's the serial killer one. And they they obviously went for the more gangster vibe. Mm. So that set like worked with it. And the way they've done, they showed it like for the introductions that they showed like each one got caught and what caused them to do. They chose the right kind of like places, like having Will Smith sitting on top of the fucking roof, calling up the sign saying, "Well, you're making me more fucking money." While like that person's play walking, you see like all the things he's set up to help him ricochet all these bullets to kill, and it's the way they designed it was really good, and it helped. It worked for the character that they chose. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 
I think all agreement around. So we move on to the script. And obviously they have to get the script right for the fact that this is more of a character-driven movie at times. And I feel like the dialogue is very good between the characters. It's not really any really clunky dialogue. I think it helps obviously the actors reading the dialogue, but it's not a bad script. It's actually some decent writing. Yeah. Yeah. The only like moment that could be kind of questionable would be from the Enchantress one. Yeah, but, obviously. Obviously, fuck that bit yeah. off entirely. And it, when she doesn't speak, like, she's imposing. But when she does a bit, it gets a yeah. little bit yeah. like... Brother. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your heart. No, my brother. <laughs> yeah. So other than her bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, just bin off that whole human yeah. side. Yeah. Also, highly, really well. Like They show that level of craziness, but also... But since the extended cut, they show her analysing each people, each person, and that was good. I wish they had kept that in, the original cut. And the, um, the theatrical cut, obviously, they cut that bit out, but for this extended cut that you showed us, they kept that bit in there with her yeah. going around going, oh, you're like an only child. And I think that whole point to the fact that she's still a psychiatrist. Yeah. Mm. Analyses people. Agreed. Yeah. They'd be mm. good. Okay. Uh, well, uh, move on to the ending of the movie, which is obviously the squad being locked back up, but with actual more nice things. Obviously, Deadshot gets to see his kid. He's got a boxing fucking uh, bag in his uh, room. Uh, Harley's got Harley's got a fucking book, a fucking cappuccino machine, everything. Killer Croc's got a TV. Nice little fucking flat screen in his fucking room. Um, fucking. Wait, no, they're dead, dead, dead. Not in it. Not in it. Uh, the only one who obviously got the butt end of it is straight up fucking boomerang, but that's because he refused everything. He didn't make a deal. Yeah, he didn't make a deal. He so was like, locked no, him no, back no, up. I'm going free, mate. No, let me in, please. Come on, darling, let me in. Please. Yeah. And obviously then fucking Joker arrives and frees Harley, which is where it ends. And I do like the ending because obviously it shows that the squad's a bit more respected now, apart from boomerang, who's obviously... He doesn't want it, so he's chucked away. And yeah. obviously, Joker still wants his Harley, so he obviously breaks her out. He knows yeah. where they are, so he's going to get her out. So I, I do like the ending. I think it's a good ending. Yeah. He breaks out in the end of this film, and then it turns out in the start of the next film, next uh, Harley Quinn-style film, they break up. Yep. So it's basically <laughs> no. a useless ending, but it makes sense, <laughs> the fact that this is how she got out for Birds of Prey, so it just makes sense. Yeah. So I'll give him credit there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, there is one more scene to talk about. It's obviously the end credits scene where yeah, Batman meets Waller and basically gets info on just League members and just metas in general. And he kind of te- yeah. he kind of teases Just League versus Suicide Squad for the fact that he's like, oh, if you don't shut this squad down, me and my friends will do it for you. Friends, me yeah. and him and Diana at the moment for the fact there's only two of them. Yeah. That's the only one he knows. <laughs> he hasn't met. Yep. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a nice little tease for the fact that they have Ben Affleck calling his Batman. It's a nice little tease and having him play his Bruce Wayne as well, so I'll give him credit for that. Mm. And for, yeah. the, for the first time, it's actually been used in end credit scene. It's a nice little nod to what could be in the future. So, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Okay, uh, favourite moments segment, Hayden. So, I'm 
it's a couple that I did like. It's, it's just kind of I didn't know what specifically to choose, but I went with Deadshot shooting on top of the car. I did like that shot of him as shooting away. It looked really nice to look at, and it obviously was part of that really cool action sequence. So yeah, I want to give it to that short but sweet. Okay, so for me, it's kind of the opposite. Instead of the short but sweet screen, the whole like the whole bar scene for me, my favorite moment. Damn it, Hayden. It's the biggest like character moment of the film, I think, and I just loved it because it explored each one and it showed each one's like motivations really for the whole for being here. It's like the whole point of like Deadshot knows that we're going to get blamed for all this shit, but is he doing it for his daughter? And it's like beautiful, yeah. Really well. Yeah, you can also yeah. choose it, James. Yeah, no, they. Okay favorite part is the bar scene i love how uh, how they go from the high energy chaotic fighting how um again for the life of me every time you say that woman's name it then goes out the other ear and leaves my brain the the main woman the one they save oh Waller. Waller. Waller, that's it thank you um her helicopter gets shot down and you know they they learn why they're actually there and then they all just go off um, and leave and go off into this bar and, you know, they start talking about each other, learn more about each other, have drinks together. I love how they go from that chaotic fighting for we don't even know what for or each other to, you know, just set aside and, you know, let's just get to know each other, just bond over some drinks, talk about our horrific backstories. I, yeah. I just love the building of that chemistry and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just love uh, I, that scene mm. yeah. I think it shows that even the most action packed film can have moments where they slow down the pace and have character driven moments really yeah, with, with, yeah I, that, that's what I'm trying to get at I love how when you go from you know high octane action to yeah, we we are actually people with yeah. people traits. The contrast is good. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just love that contrast. There we go. Okay. Uh, both of you agree on that yeah. one. Well, I that's a um, simply. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use the S word. I <laughs> won't oh, on Twitch. Simp, 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 simp. <laughs> okay, uh, move on then to uh, the rating of the movie. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I did enjoy it. I think it gets a bit too much hate. Though it has its flaws, I still think it's a very fun movie at times. So, get straight to this. I'm going to give yeah. Suicide Squad extended cut an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably one of like my favourite DC films, which may say a lot about DC. But, <laughs> obviously, I obviously like a lot because of Harley. So I prefer Birds of Prey, but Highly, this is obviously the biggest selling point for me. But there are some good moments for each other character that just adds to it. So I would agree with the whole eight out of ten. Round up to an eight <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've done that, but I feel like I've done that before. Done, oh, okay. done eight point one two five eight seven five three five two zero. I definitely haven't done that. Okay, James. Um, I I really like the film. 
yes, the there's a lot of the criticism that is very justified. Um, mm-hmm. it, it certainly has its flaws, and I, f- I feel like I, I say that a lot, that I like the film, but it also very much has its bad elements. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, but overall, no, like the actual film itself, I actually I do really enjoy it. Um, so for the extended cut, I'm actually going to give it a a nine out of ten. I didn't think of a funny point. I'm just straight up going to give it a nine out of a ten, rounded to a nine. Um, for the original cut, I'd actually drop that all the way down to a six because of yeah. how you said with the plot holes that needed filling and all the changes they had to make and just, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing. It's got this very good core that's really great, but then it's outlying issues are just there and they're bad. It's like you're saying like the original cut probably would have been better if it it wasn't, didn't exist. And this was the like, official theatrical cut if, yeah if the ex- if the later extended cut was the original film yes yeah. I, it would have been a lot better okay Agreeable. okay so that gives it a chest cave overall well it gives sorry the suicide squad extended cut please specific here uh <laughs> a chest cave overall rating of 8.3 out of 10 it's actually 8.333333 but it's 8.3 cool yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, 8.3 recurring. Yeah, so it's 8.3 out of 10. Okay, uh, so we'll quickly run for the Chat Cave MVP award. We haven't chosen one, but we're going to do it off the back because I know Halen's agreeing here. So uh, Chat Cave MVP award goes to Margot Robbie's Harley I Quinn. Uh, she's great. Summed it yeah. up. We're running out of time, so I'm just quickly saying no, thumbs no, up. I don't think the Slipknot. Oh no! We'll give James no. J- James choose the runner up because uh, we'll let you since you're the guest. Ooh, um, I'd say that it's close, but What's only because he's like the only name I remember. I'll give it to Will Smith. Will Smith's dead shot. So we'll move on yeah. to the question of the day, and the question of the day is a simple one. It can actually give you a yes or no answer. Yeah. The question of the day is: Would you like the darker original version that a director made? Before the reshoots happened and made it look like a music video. Yeah. James? Um. Hmm. It'd be good to compare. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Agreed. yeah, no, with that, yeah. The personally, you know what I'm like. I'm a puss baby piss pants scaredy cat. So Yeah, I mean like I, I'm I'm always afraid going into like darker things, but then when I, once I actually get into it, it's like, oh yeah, Sayori hanged herself. Hey, that's funny. I like that. Um, but yeah, like mm. first going into Star, uh, that was a reference to Doki Doki Literature Club, by the way. If you didn't get it, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I'd be scared going into it, but then as soon as I get into it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. So I'll I'll go with yes. Mm. It's like how you get you get worried about all the shark films and snake films. Yeah, no, like um, like Rogue. When I actually stuck around and watched Rogue with you, I really liked Rogue. But like, yeah. if you said, "Hey, let's watch Rogue," I'd be like, "Nah, count me out." Nah, no, it's gonna go blood and gore and that. But watching, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing again, the anime Goblin Slayer. So like at first, like, oh no, oh blood, no, 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 I don't want to watch it. But I actually really, I love Goblin Slayer. Mm. 
I've wasted enough of your time now. Move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay uh, we'll uh, do a quick segment here because we're literally running out of time. Uh, so don't go into too much detail. Uh, which is a segment called Build Your Own Squad. So we're going to build our own Task Force X. So I'll kick, us, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off so you know my mindset. Uh, for a leader, I would go with Deathstroke because I just love Deathstroke. And I have heard that many cuts of the Suicide Squad 2 movie before it obviously went with the one they had. He was actually going to be in it. So I feel like he'd be a good leader figure. I wasn't going to go uh, Deadshot like the animated one, but I like Deathstroke more. Um, yeah. My next one would be Red Hood because I'm a big fan of Red Hood. And I feel like... Even even it could either be the straight up villain version, or it could be a, the good guy version that Batman puts into the team just to keep an eye on them. A bit like Flag. Like an anti-hero version. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you gotta keep Harley Quinn in there. It's yeah. Harley Quinn. She's the only one I've literally kept in pretty much from the the original one. Um. Black Manta, because he's one of my favorite fucking DC villains, and I'm a big fan of him, especially after the big Aquaman point. movie. Um. Bronze Tiger. Thanks to Arrow, I love Bronze oh, Tiger. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And even the animated one, I love the an- it in that, so he's easily in there. Uh, Killer Frost, the actual proper villain version, though. Okay. Obviously, yeah, I agree. Flash, we've seen her in that, so As she's great. Hero, in- yeah. Like the, the villain side yeah. was the, uh, the Earth 2 version. Yeah. So it'd be nice to have her in. And my big boy, is, yeah, the Killer Croc star character in there, is going to be Bane, for the fact he can like, become this little guy fighting and the next minute he can hawk it and bat the shit out of everyone. So, yeah. My yeah. squad is complete. I agree. James, you can go next. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, well, let's see what I can remember from Injustice 2. Um, yeah, Harley stays. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Hood sounds cool. We can have Red Hood. Um, is it Mantra, the one from Aquaman? Black Manta. Same difference. I liked him. He, he, can, he can join in. Um... I don't. I don't know about a big Hulk one, um, and I don't know if you have Deathstroke and Deadshot in the same team. So kind of have those as inter- as in, like in the same slot. Have them okay. interchangeable. Um, and then the only other villain I can think of right now who I want in the team, Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> Probably didn't say fucking uh, uh, Captain Cold. Because you've already made a fucking reference to him, but then said, and we realised, wait, no, that's Mr. Freeze, not Captain Cold. <laughs> well, I don't know the actual character. All I know is the funny Maymays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, come on, quick, quick and easy. Right. My um, leader character would be Handy Manny. <laughs> um, my Harley Quinn character would be Dora. And obviously, she'll, she'll get broken out by um, Diego. Um, we're going to have um, Doc McStuffins who are there to help be the medical like person the, the squad. To see the first would be this like a like, very preppy Rolfy character who's like, I'm not gonna get involved in the fighting but secretly will. And then the big big character, Peppa Pig. <laughs> be uh, there like is the big bulky warrior character. And then we'll have Angie Benji in the background who is a really car. And be created but that Waller character will be old man Bob. That they're, they're um, gonna be joined with the Paw Patrol <laughs> to go up against the reboot Ben 10. <laughs> That's the villain for the film. Wow, this is such a universe that I'd love to see. Oh, okay. For uh, <laughs> yeah, my character that doesn't want to fight but then ends up fighting, can I have Wreck It Ralph? Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting way to. Wreck It Ralph movies. The second one was kind of eh, but the first one was. Yeah. 
Agreed. Uh, they do it right. I'm just getting scammed on the internet, and that's just depressing. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a that's nice way pretty. to end then, uh, Hayden, uh, your fox up uh, Disney meets Nickelodeon team. Uh, so uh, that's it for the Chat Cave podcast this week. Join me and Hayden next week as we take a look at the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, yeah. so that should be interesting uh, but until then uh, I've been your host Ranking Thomas Hughes I, I, I wonder what it was going to be like <laughs> Wonder Woman thanks James for joining us I'm going back into cryo now and this has been Shadow Cave Podcast um, Hayden so uh, you know this cryo thing with him yeah you know when we're going to actually detonate the explosive in his neck wait what uh, no bye bye James ah!